It's Wednesday, April 6th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about the immigration situation, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Elon Musk, and Truth Social. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. The Biden administration is currently facing a dilemma on how to handle the growing immigration situation at the southern border. Homeland Security and border officials say that they encounter around 7,000 migrants a day hoping to cross into the states and are preparing for that number to go up to around 18,000 migrants a day. On top of that, Biden is expected to lift what's called Title 42, which is an order put in place during the Trump administration issued by the CDC, which gives border officials the authority to expel illegal immigrants in the name of public safety due to the pandemic. Title 42 was put in place in March 2020 and during that time has seen authorities expel 1.7 million migrants. Even though this is a public health order, it's by default also served as a border control order as well. Well now, with the pandemic slowing down, the administration is looking to end the order. The question then becomes, what happens with all the migrants that authorities were turning away from this policy? Will there be a crisis at the border? This has led Senate Republicans to throw a wrench into the newest coronavirus bill that was just about to pass. The other day, I talked about how Congress is working to pass another COVID aid budget to fund more testing, treatments, and vaccine distribution, and it looks like lawmakers were able to come to a consensus for $10 billion. But just yesterday, Republicans now want an amendment that would keep Title 42 in place. They say they can't vote to give more money to fight the virus, while opening up the borders to those from other regions. Immigration activists say that this is just a tactic to maintain more control at the borders. Congress is scheduled to take a two-week recess in just a few days, so there's a chance that this COVID aid bill and the fate of Title 42 could be pushed until after they return. Ketanji Brown-Jackson has almost completed the process to become the newest Supreme Court judge. She's gone through dozens of hours of hearings, and on Monday, the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is tasked with considering judicial nominations, tied in their vote on whether or not she would move forward to the full Senate for their vote. Now, a tie in the committee doesn't mean that the process is over. It means that Senate Majority Leader, which is now Democrat Chuck Schumer, has the option to release the committee from its usual process and move straight to the Senate vote. And that's exactly what's happened. So senators spent yesterday debating Jackson's nomination and later this week will take a vote. If she gets the majority there, then she will fill the Supreme Court seat once Justice Stephen Breyer retires later in the year. There are only nine justices on the highest court in the country, so it's become a contentious process among Republicans and Democrats when a seat becomes vacant when a current judge either retires or passes away. Political parties try to seize on the opportunities, hoping to get judges in that might lean on their side. In theory, judges in general, and especially Supreme Court judges, are supposed to be impartial in their judgments, adhering strictly to the law as opposed to any political leanings. But as you can imagine, this probably isn't always the case, with judgment histories oftentimes showing patterns or other signs of potential biases. 
Right now, the Supreme Court has six quote conservative justices and three quote liberal justices, and if Judge Jackson is confirmed, then that breakdown will remain the same. On Monday, Elon Musk disclosed a nine percent stake in Twitter, making him the company's largest shareholder. And yesterday, the platform announced that he would join the company's board of directors. This is particularly interesting move because Elon has been publicly critical of the platform in the past, specifically regarding its philosophy towards the speech of its users. Over the last few years, Twitter has become increasingly restrictive of user content. Some censorship examples are banning former President Trump from using the platform, banning users for tweeting sentences like "men aren't women," which the platform has deemed as hate speech, and then banning the story of Hunter Biden's laptop days before the 2020 election, citing misinformation, which has since been proven true. Long story short, President Biden's son's laptop was found, and there was pretty damning information on it. But that's unrelated here. The point is that Twitter removed all reports of this story, including from reputable news sources, from its entire platform just days before an election. Censorship criticisms tend to come mostly from conservatives who claim that their accounts and content are disproportionately banned. Supporters of Twitter's policies say that the Constitution's First Amendment of free speech. Only applies to government restrictions, not private companies. So the platform is free to do what it likes. Elon Musk has been one of the critical ones, and so now that he's the largest shareholder and on the board, it'll be interesting to see if and how he intends to make changes. Speaking of social media platforms, Donald Trump's new app, Truth Social, just lost two of its top executives. Chief of Technology Josh Adams and Chief of Product Billy Boozer both resigned recently. The creation of Truth Social was announced and led by former President Trump after he was banned from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube in the aftermath of the Capitol riot last January, which he has been accused of inciting. The platform is intended to offer a free speech friendly. Alternative to what many consider a liberal-leaning social media landscape. Over the last year, details of the inner workings have been kept pretty secretive, so not much is known about how the technology or company operates. Truth Social launched in February, but the rollout wasn't exactly smooth, with many users still on the so-called waitlist. Also, download numbers have yet to come close to other similar apps like Parler, which has over 11 million installations. Truth Social only has a little over a million, and downloads have slowed in the month that it's been live. Because not much is known about the company running it, it's hard to speculate the goals or plans for the app. It's also unknown why the executives resigned, but with the technology and product leadership leaving, it's likely going to need to fill those seats quickly to continue moving forward. It's Wednesday, April sixth, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast, so you can always get the latest episode and leave a review. As we all know, how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you. So if you feel compelled. 
please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at The News Diet or directly to my email, feedback at thenewsdiet.com.